millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode contains content on food and eating that may be sensitive to some listeners. The Adulting with ADHD podcast is not a substitute for medical advice. Please see a medical professional if you think you have ADHD or have ADHD and need additional assistance. For podcast archives, please visit patreon.com slash adultingwithadhd. This is the Adulting with ADHD podcast, self-empowerment for people with ADHD. Today, I'm very excited to have with me writer, coach, and founder of healthyadhd.com, Liz Lewis. Hi, Liz. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, it's February. It's it's one of those in-between months. So It is. It's such <laughs> a short in-between month. <laughs> so Liz is with us today. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself, and then I'm going to ask her some questions. Today's topic is momming, food, and ADHD. So as I said, you're a writer, coach. You want to tell us a little bit how you got your start? So... Back in 2015, my son was actually born in 2010, and he is autistic, has ADHD like me, and I tried really hard to work after he was born, and it just didn't work out. He didn't do well in childcare, so I had stopped working, and I was sort of listless for a couple of years, trying to be some kind of housewife extraordinaire, (laughs) did not go well, and then in 2015, I was like, you know, I bet it's this ADHD thing. Like, I remember thinking it. I started researching and I, everything I found about women and ADHD was written by, and now I call these people friends and colleagues, but it was written by therapists mm-hmm. and researchers and even the websites, what was up then. And that was, 2015 was more pre-social media. So there was blogging going on. And I thought to myself, I'm going to start a blog but it's not going to be a blog about me specifically. I'm going to talk about ADHD and momming. I'm going to give real information and I'm going to cite sources and I'm going to try to walk that weird line between blogging and like informational nonfiction writing. So I did, I just started doing it and I just wanted it to be something different than what was out there. And it was really cool. I got to meet really cool people like Terry Matlin and Sari and Michelle over time. You know, I, I got involved really early on and that's how it started. And I always knew ultimately that I wanted to do more of a community. Like I wanted to gather people together. I just wasn't into the Facebook thing. And that was where a lot of people started with Facebook groups, even now, you know, Facebook groups. And I just was never into that. So that's really how I started. I've always been a writer. I forgot that I was a writer (laughs) for a little while and tried to play like the social media game. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. How do I do this? Like, how do I do this in a way that feels intuitive? That feels like it's more me. Mm -hmm. So I went back to writing and now I'm really happy to say that I'm still writing and it's great. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I I can relate a lot to that journey. (laughs) You'll have to tell me about it sometime. Yeah. I'm not a TikToker. I, you know, it's like, there's this urge to want to jump on all these different things. I totally get that. So yeah. About momming, momming food and ADHD. First question. 
What's been the biggest challenge as an ADHD mom when it comes to feeding yourself and your child? So I haven't actually talked about meal planning and like food and stuff for a few years. So I actually had to really think about this. Mm -hmm. In general, when people back in the past, when I did a lot more of this meal planning stuff, Mm -hmm. when people were complaining to me or talking to me, coming up to me at a conference, and I just want to say this up front, I have never had anyone who identified as male come up to me and start talking about meal planning. Mm -hmm. I don't know why Mm -hmm. this becomes so gendered, but it feels like it still is, even now in 2023. So two categories, I break this down in my own head. First, there is what we in ADHD land refer to as executive function stuff. The logistics of planning meals or food, it's kind of a nightmare. You know, there's a lot of decision making. You have to make choices up front Mm. about what you're going to eat. And even if you can get past that point of making the choices, none of us like doing that, Mm. you know, then you have to shop. You have to make a list. And shopping is a sensory nightmare. If you go to a grocery store, let's say you make it that far and then you bring everything home and you have this plan in your head and you put it all away. And then 24 hours later, you don't feel like executing on the plan and cooking itself. Unless you're a person that really loves that, or you get a sense of satisfaction from it, there isn't a lot of like intrinsic motivation to cook. So yeah, there's that part of it. And then the other part of it is the much more sort of emotional pool we all have Mm -hmm. toward food and family and what food means to us emotionally. And we all know at this point that within the ADHD community, you know, there's a high, high prevalence of disordered eating behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so I think for a lot of us, it's a much more loaded thing. And those are the two areas that people usually are struggling with one or the other or both is yeah. usually what it is. Totally, 100%. So to that end, what's a common misconception ADHD moms have when it comes to feeding themselves and their families? Well, again, I have like sort of, I don't know why I create categories in my mind. It's the way my brain works. So there's like the first thing, which is this, we have a lot of ideas or beliefs around what a meal looks like. Mm. (laughs) Like we think it has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. It can't be a turkey sandwich on a plate or, or a piece of pizza on a plate. I've heard a lot of stories about things like, well, I can't just put a piece of pizza on a plate. Like, shouldn't there be a, like a vegetable or something to go with it or like whatever. And I'm like, I I don't know. Why, why does a meal have to mean, I don't know, a protein, a starch, and a vegetable, like what? I don't understand. Like, but we do, we have ideas about what it needs to look like. The other big thing is, is that women in general feel like we need to make everybody happy. We need to meet everybody's needs, taste preferences, food allergies. We take it on ourselves. Like it's our responsibility to make everyone happy. Yep. And I don't actually think that's true, but I think we're kind of socially conditioned to think that that it's our problem to do that. I also think along the same lines as like it needs to look a certain way, we also don't always, maybe it's an ADHD thing, but we don't always understand that you can just eat what's in your house. Like you can mix and match things. It doesn't have to be 
this was the plan. Tacos on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, you could have a taco on Wednesday, but also maybe you have something else left over you want to put on the plate too. Like it doesn't, yeah. I don't know. We get a little rigid about we it. We do. We totally do. Hey, listeners to the Adulting with ADHD podcast. My name is Katie McManus, and I wanted to let you know about my show, The Weenie Cast. If you're an entrepreneur with ADHD, I'm hoping you'll dig it. I'm pretty sure you will. Each episode, I'll be sharing stories and insights which will inspire you as a fellow ADHDpreneur. And I'll be helping you step out of the weenie and into the winning. I don't know if you've ever been put on a waiting list, but therapy is hard to come by these days. If you need therapy and you need someone to talk to, consider BetterHelp. I've been using BetterHelp on and off since the pandemic, and it's honestly been really helpful when I can't reach my normal therapist. To save 10% off your first month, visit betterhelp.com slash ADHD adulting. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ADHD adulting. What's a common challenge in this area you hear? At the Enclave, for example, regarding food? Well, there's a couple different things that come up a lot, and in particular with people who identify as, as female or women. So one of them, and this is like a practical thing, is we will go into the meal planning thing and we will maybe buy a bunch of food or whatever, bring it home, put it away, and forget about it. And then there's like wasted food or rotten food that stinks up your kitchen. And then you end up spending extra money going out anyway, whether it's because you forgot it or you decided you didn't want to eat it. You know, there's like the, the double buying of food sort of, and the expense of that. And there's a lot of frustration around that. Sometimes I'll even say shame. And then the other thing I hear a lot, and it isn't, this isn't like in the enclave, but Mm -hmm. this tends to be again, an ADHD thing is this idea that like, <laughs> like we, we have to eat healthy. Mm, like, yeah, um, yeah. like if it's not healthy enough, you know, we're doing, or, or if we have food coloring or if oh. we're doing an elimination diet and we're going to try to eliminate all the dairy, or I'm going to go keto for a while. And then we do that and then it doesn't work. Or we try to go all in instead of making tiny incremental changes. Yeah. And we, burn ourselves out really quickly. But those are the things I hear a lot, wasted food and wasted money. And then like it not being healthy or good for our ADHD, or it doesn't look like the food bloggers that we've been following. You know, you go on whatever social media, there's some conventionally attractive woman with her attractive family in her beautiful kitchen yeah, serving really pretty meals. And yeah, yeah. Totally. It could be a little paralyzing. Yeah, Uh totally. So if you're an ADHD mom who wants to address this, what's one thing you could do to get started? Well, I would, I would start where you are and really figure it out. Is it a logistical problem for you? Like a meal plan, sort of like a budget is structural. You can make a meal plan and you can tweak it and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. And that's like a structural thing. That's like something you're experimenting around. But if the real issue for you is this measuring up, making everybody happy, the expectations you've created or others have created for you, if that's really what it is, then that's what you have to address. It's not the food itself. It's your ideas around it. So first, just get clear on what you're doing here. 
do you just need some structural support around the meals? Or is this a, a bigger issue that you're having with food and feeding your people and feeling like you're doing a good job at that? Yeah, I, I love those answers. That was that was so wonderful, Liz. So if our listeners want to keep up with you, um, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? I feel like that was really profound and important. Mm, I can't really think of anything. Not to put you on the I just <laughs> No, I just think that we, the more I learn, and as I'm writing this, this book and everything, the more I learn about women and food and ADHD, the more I want to be sensitive about how we talk about food. Yeah. And because ADHDers in general are so externally focused, so we're constantly like reading the room, so to speak, even if we're, even if we're bad at it, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other women mm-hmm. with and without ADHD. And we're making a lot of assumptions about, you know, our performance yeah. in comparison to theirs. And I just think we need to be sensitive about it because I think we create a lot of ideas in our heads about what meal planning is, what it means about our value, the role we play in our family, say. And I just think we need to question more of that stuff. That's all. Yeah. And it <laughs> is loaded. That's that's so true. It's a loaded topic. So if, if our listeners want to keep up with you, where are you on the internet? Well, you can go to my website, but I have to apologize ahead of time. I really need to find a WordPress designer to help me with the website. It's a little bit messy right now because <laughs> I, I started it in 2015 and I need to find someone to help me fix it, to recode that whole thing. But you can find me on the website. You can just shoot me an email, liz at healthyadhd.com. I am on social media. Like you can, I do Twitter, healthyadhd. I do Instagram, healthyadhd. I have an email list that you can sign up for. I don't charge people. I know everyone's moving to Substack and email costs money now. (laughs) Like you have to pay for people's emails. I haven't done that. So I still send out an email every week. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm around. And the Enclave is always there. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the Enclave. For people who don't know what it is, what is it? So when I started it, the whole reason I started it was because I I saw that there was a need for a, a place for women to gather, but I wanted it to be a little bit more private and I wanted to have a little bit more topical conversations. And so I just moved it off of social media, off of like Facebook or whatever, and just put it in the Mighty Networks. And at this point, I work with, I have a partner, Elizabeth Brink. And what we what we really want now is to provide a little bit more intimacy, a little bit more peer coaching resources, but we want it to be accessible. Because right now on the internet, with ADHD especially, I mean, sort of the trend is high ticket, you know, coaching. And we, we do offer coaching in the Enclave, but we want it to be a, almost a bridge service for those that can't afford a $500 an hour coach. Yeah. We want to give you some privacy, the ability to body double if you want to share your story, or if you don't, if you want to be really super independent, if you just want to check in once a day, see what everyone's up to, state your like goals. Some people just like that. Yeah. Just having that anchor. I want to check in. <laughs> this is what I'm doing today. Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. We try to keep it flexible and fun and accessible. That's awesome. That sounds great. And you can find it at healthyadhd.com, right? You can find it there. Or at this point, all you have to really type in is the Enclave or the ADHD Enclave, and it'll come up. Awesome. In a Google search. Awesome. Okay, Liz. Well, thank you very much for being on the show today. And 
we well, will. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm glad we finally got to do this, and hopefully, we'll have you again on another topic. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> sounds good. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.